Welcome to the Odds Pod. I'm Ben Hennessy. I'm Dave Hendrick, and we're the team behind the Scout Comics title, The Odds, a book about a strange visitor from beyond space who dies for us. No, hang on, that's Jesus? Or, no, it's E.T. E.T. No, uh, could be Superman in the 90s? No, hang on, actually, that's right, our book's about a cannibal apocalypse. So it's kind of like Jesus. Kind of like Jesus. Anyway, each week we invite a new guest on to share their favourite apocalypse stories with us. Be it a pinch of Pompeii, a peck of Prometheus, or a peak of Pandora, we want to party with perdition, hang with horror, and sleep over with slaughter. So, today's guest? She's an artist, an animator, a teacher, and an illustrator. Her work has been seen on countless productions all over the world, with stints on shows like Eva the Owlet, Nella, The Princess Knight, Ridley Jones, Ada Twist, and Eureka. Her socials are brimming with world-class illustrations, and we are very lucky to have her here with us today. She is, of course, Kirsten Shield. Hey, thanks for joining (laughs) us. Thank you very much for having me. Thanks for coming on the Odds Pod. So, uh, you've been busy. Yes. (laughs) Even more so lately. Um, I left the company I was with for six years back in January, and I thought, I'll take six months off, and I've been busier than I ever have been in the last six years ever since. (laughs) But in a, a good freelance way, in fever a, in a, of taking time off and then finding yourself filling up all that time with more work than you could possibly exactly. imagine. Yeah. Exactly. You can't stop yourself. I mean, once they once somebody comes to you with a with a juicy project, you just can't say no, especially when you have the choice. Yeah. That's yeah. been my history anyway. Yeah. I was saying yes to too many things. Yeah. That's yeah. how I, I talk about being into doing but- things. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I need a, to hire a full-time production person to wrangle me so that they okay. can say yes and no and they can schedule me out because I'm nice. so used to having that. Nice. So if you find one, let give me their numbers, you know. <laughs> Freelance production, I think that we could start doing that. Well, what, if, what if you guys just kind of team up and, and, and you know, cover each other? So, you know, you can, you can start <laughs> like I could do with someone to cover projects. me all right. Yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, the I thing mean, is, though, they'd expect Kirsten Shield level of art from me and I'd struggle afterwards. I heard, oh, I, Ben, I heard you're getting at least two hours of sleep a night. So, you know, that's not on least, yeah. You know. I mean, if you're serious about this job, come on. I know, I should stop sleeping altogether. Uh, big time. So, um, so you're freelance now. Wow. So that, that must have been big and scary. It was, yeah, pretty big leap. But hmm. for the first time ever... I don't have a plan for my career. I'm just kind of seeing what happens. And for some reason, I'm not panicking about it. Now, I might, okay. in six months' time, I might completely change my tune and be like, what have I done? Yeah. <laughs> for now, I feel pretty okay. Like, I just followed my gut instinct, I think, uh, to just go for it. Now yeah. is is the time. So we'll see what happens. Hopefully, awesome. it turns out something better, something exciting. But yeah. I'm not sure exactly what that is yet. <laughs> okay, cool. But there's lots of new stuff happening and lots of new projects. Yeah, and it's you... it's been like I, I can't express how grateful I am for people who've reached out and have been wanting to help me out or work with me or put me onto something, recommending me like uh, the support that has come from um, me being freelance has been incredible. And like, I really didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. And I'm That's really great. just feel extremely grateful to everybody who's, who's um, lent me a hand and hopefully I can return the favor uh, in the coming years. Yeah, <laughs> if we're not amazing. all underwater. By yeah. Then. <laughs> yeah. I'm not surprised. Cause you've been so like, good online with promoting your work and the stuff you could do when you weren't um you know when it wasn't under nda by by, by previous studios i'm not surprised you were scooped up straight away by someone um or, or continue to do what you want because the work speaks for itself and uh oh, thank you very much yeah we said we'll it in see. the intro <laughs> 
you're, um, we'll see. I might, I might be living in a box. We know, we don't know. <laughs> <laughs> like your your Instagram is is a constant source of of inspiration, and mm. like. I actually, I was down in the in the comic book store today, and I mentioned we were talking to you later. And one of the lads who works in there was like, "Oh, the Godfather illustration." Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. You know, so yeah, amazing. You know, like like your stuff stuff's unreal. You know, I mean the the Instagram alone, let it without the the body of work that you've already done for mm-hmm. the last few years. You know, um, uh, carrying you, but I mean, the, like just just your your you know the stuff on Instagram is is phenomenal, and I would encourage everybody to check it out. So it's is it your full name? Is it, I can't remember. Is it K or? Just... I think it's, yeah, it's K. I think it's yeah. my full name, Art, on Instagram and right. Twitter. Yeah. I think because I used to have just my name, but that's, that's now just my personal account. Like I was cool. posting too many pictures of bread I was making and I was like, just not an art <laughs> account anymore. Yeah. So I just separated them. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm a big, I'm a big fan, yeah. big fan of brown bread as well. Yeah, I mean, that's, you know, always appreciate. That, that, that was getting more likes than the art, I think, because it was the, the loaves of bread. <laughs> was that during the pandemic? When people were really in a bread phase, maybe. I did, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I and and then I kind of kept going for a while. It's it's been a little nice. while though since the banana bread. Obviously, everybody loves that. But there's so many um, different styles on your Instagram too. I mean, like you have those Godfather illustrations that are mm. kind of still as much in the film, and then you have this really kind of uh, very 2D influenced flat illustrations, um, kind of like a oh, Tom and Jerry director, um, not Chuck Jones, uh, Tex Avery, kind oh, of Tex Avery Jones. style. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. Well, if I, yeah, I think like when I, because t- I teach how to do portfolios for animation and like my biggest thing that I say is that variety is mm-hmm. your absolute strength because when you're hiring for animation, like an art department, when you're hiring designers and art directors and all the rest, you need to make everything look like it's coming from one hand. So if you've got as many different hands as you can in your portfolio and as many different styles, then you're more likely to hit the mark. People who, and like I kind of drill that into college students, especially because they're obsessed with how, with finding their style, mm-hmm. which I think is very useful in some industries. But if you want to go into animation, it's actually kind of not a great thing because unless your style is very specifically what the show is going to look like yeah. you're really just not do, just doing yourself a disservice so being as varied as possible is really important cool yeah and the course that you're doing on portfolio preparation is am i right in thinking there's one coming up soon you're going to be doing it yes it shortly? got announced it got announced yesterday it's starting in two weeks time so i'm taking on applications now and i'll only take on 15 students at a time um usually i only do it once a year but that was when i was in a full-time job so i'm not sure if i'll do it more than once this year okay. but i like to keep the classes very small because i give such in-depth feedback that like every two weeks I give just two hours of pure feedback. So it, it, it takes oh, wow. a long time. I couldn't do it with any more students. No, that's yeah, a lot. Yeah. Even for 15 people, that's, that's a lot of time. And is there a particular, uh, some kind of similar characteristic you see going from every portfolio or a similar mistake or a similar thing that people are doing correctly, <laughs> that kind of stuff that maybe you can put it in the podcast now, maybe save yourself that bit of feedback. I mean, I think that's uh, what I see a lot in design portfolios. Um, is lack of props, number one. Everybody needs to design props, whether you're a character designer, an environment designer. Like if you think about character designers need to design like weapons, bags, necklaces, Mm -hmm. like those are all props. So have props in your portfolio to back you up. And if you're an environment designer, that's just an environment full of props. So props are going to do you no harm. 
I find that people don't get as excited by props, even though they are an extremely exciting and personable part of a, the, the design process for animation. And it is missing from everybody's portfolio. <laughs> for people who are concentrating on characters, make sure you draw children and animals because those are in every single show. A lot of people will just draw people their own age and nothing okay. else. And it's like, that's cool. That's what you're interested in. But we need other things. You need to show that you can draw children because it turns out when people try, a lot of people can't. Um, well, really? And then, yeah. Oh my God. Because they just draw small adults, which is not what kids look like. <laughs> that's what I look like. That's, 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 that's not what I expected at all. I would have thought that would have... <laughs> absolutely rate it back to uh, someone's style just drawing a child version of what they did yeah, that's, man. Oh, there's a gap there in, in the, the portfolio course that I teach my when we're doing character design I say you mm -hmm. have to draw a child character that's what we're doing and um, the majority of them I, I kind of call it Frankensteining when I'm doing the paint overs I'll grab the lasso tool take the head bring it down to shorten the neck. I'll shorten all the limbs. I'll make the hands a bit smaller because these are the mistakes that everybody makes because they're just drawing small adults. Um, and then for environment designers, they tend to draw like really cool environments. But what mm -hmm. we tend to want to see in animation is like people's bedrooms that have like yeah. a lot of personality in the room. And like you're showing what the character is. Like I always say in that course, you can tell a lot about me by the way that I dress and the way that I look but you can tell a lot more about me by my house and what I keep on the walls and what I keep in the fridge. And like, you can tell an awful lot more about me, my life, my personality by that. Yeah. Okay. There's That's... a couple of great points actually. Yeah. yeah sense. <laughs> 16 years in animation. I don't think I've ever seen a portfolio from anybody who has had props in it. And that's a really good point. I've, I've never heard of anyone even being told to take on props as a, as part of their, their folio. Yeah. I mean, when you think about it, there's such great storytelling just in the choice of prop a character would have. And, you know, there's this huge opportunity to get it, get a story across that way. Even down, down to the things you were talking about, like what's in your fridge, you know, that it's, yeah. it's kind of obvious, but then you'd never think of it, you know, like that, yeah. that, that, that stuff's very cool. Yeah. Yeah class um so yeah so if there's any any budding animators out there who are getting their portfolio ready it wouldn't hurt to to give uh kirsten a shout and see see if there's any any room on the course um get in quickly there's only 15 places yeah man yeah <laughs> and so, it's run it's run very um nicely by uh not animation skill net anymore they've rebranded to creative skill net okay. so it's through you apply through their website if you're interested cool very good Cool. We'll put a link in the uh, yeah. episode description anyway. Yeah. Um, cool. So, and then, am I right in thinking there's a show that you were working on that's coming out soon? Next week, yeah. So, Next week. Uh, we spent the last two years with Brian Bag making Eva the Owlet, which is uh, a show in collaboration with Scholastic, the publisher, and oh, yeah. Apple TV, which... At first, like when we started the show, I was very nervous about having two clients essentially, but it was an absolute dream to work on. Like my favorite show I've ever worked on. Oh, um, nice. oh really? Yeah. I'm really excited for it to come out because it's just, it's very cute. It's about a little owl. She has her little journal and she, you know, she's a bit anxious. Like it's the first show I've ever worked on where the main character is not like amazing at everything. Like she has oh, her cool. flaws and she's, she's very funny and my favorite thing about art directing it was that it's a nocturnal show because it's about owls. So the whole thing is at night. So I had a lot of fun with the lighting, had a lot of fun with the colors and like, mm. yeah, I really enjoy the scripts and everything. It's, it's a, re a show I, I'm very proud of. 
Oh, class. So that's out March 31st? March 31st, yes. So it's next Friday on Apple TV. So are you good? 52 episodes or thereabouts? 35. 35, nice. Amazing. Yeah, okay. Yeah. We'll be checking that out too. Yeah. Yeah. Can't that's, a, that's a bit of a big thing for you to say. Because you've been on some really good shows to say that this is your favorite. That's that says a lot about it, really. You know? I think that, um, and no shade to the other shows I've worked on. Of course, on, of course. This, yeah, yeah. This one, I think the scripts were noticeably just amazing, like just so brilliantly written. And wow. to me, like you can make a show look as amazing as you want through design and animation and effects and post and everything. But without a good script, I think it's just like putting lipstick on a pig. Mm. You know, like there's, there's no saving it without a good story. Like this is what we want is a brilliant story. So like these scripts were just so good. Like when you're reading them, you're laughing. When you're watching the animatic, you're laughing. That's and great. it carried all the way through. And like, it was just really nice to see. Whereas I've seen, I've worked on a lot of other shows that weren't quite so funny, but looked amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it, it just wasn't the same. Yeah. And it, like, it is something else that humor can come across to, you know, everybody's working on it. Uh, you know, uh, adults as opposed to to the you know the the target audience being kids. So if that humor is kind of cross generational, it's it's got to be good. You know. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's yeah. like you know, I, I want another movie like the Shrek movies. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> something that's yeah. making me laugh. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. Well, is is there a show that's making you laugh at the moment? Like, what's what's hitting that kind of animation? want love interest well does it does it have to be animation because i'm not really watching any animation so um i i was on another podcast talking about this but uh my boyfriend and i are absolutely loving watching colombo (laughs) oh yeah fantastic (laughs) (laughs) we bought the entire because you can't it's not any streamers it's not anywhere so we bought the physical dvd box set and it's about i I know where this is a audio media so we can't see it but it's about mm. this big okay <laughs> the boxes so, and uh, nice. we're, we're on like season three of six and i just i love it so much <laughs> nice was that that was steven spielberg's first gig wasn't it the the colombo yeah. pilot yeah yeah the what yeah. The, yeah yeah and it's amazing <laughs> yeah it's it is brilliant the first episode yeah yeah it's phenomenal is, is it very different to the rest of the show no, no, it's, it's, well, some of the shots are kind of different because I guess he was being a bit more daring, experimental, yeah. but no, the whole thing is amazing. Like there's a, every there's single mad, one is like a mini film. A mad wide street shot, isn't there, at the start? Yeah. And yeah. it's, yeah. It's, it's zoomed all the way in and then it comes all the way out yeah. and it just keeps going and you're like, whoa, how far were you zoomed in there? Yeah. It's classic. Yeah. yeah. I didn't yeah, know I, I have to go back and look at that. Spielberg got an episode of Columbo, no way. And like all analog as well. You know, there was no, no such thing as digital yeah. filmmaking back then. Like it's, it's just, yeah. Oh, we watched um, the other night, we watched the episode with Johnny Cash in it and I love Johnny Cash. Yeah. So oh, big deal. Yeah. That was such a bit, it was such a good episode. And to like, I read a thing that he was really nervous about being on it because he'd never really acted very seriously before. And like Peter Falk had like given him some tips and like kind of given him a bit of a pep talk. And I was like, I just, I love this so much. <laughs> <laughs> I'd, I'd kind of love to love to hear that pep talk. Like mm. when you love I to know, be a fly on the wall. There, I also read. Did I read a recent? No, it was on a podcast recently. Um, Paul F. Tompkins mentioned it, and he mentioned it, and they let it go. I think it was on an episode of Freedom, and he, and he was like, "I've just read something about Peter Falk attending." Every day of the Manson trial. Yes, I saw that. Too. What the hell? What? 
he just and everyone was like why did he know somebody and there's an interview with him and he just loved going to trials yeah (laughs) everywhere he went he just turned up to trials he just loved them um he said that he used to bring his dates to uh, (laughs) night trials night like night court because it was really entertaining with all the drunk guys wow (laughs) cheap date yeah. yeah, two things. I now want to try that, and um, I oh, I don't know. I, I don't think that's a good thing for a date, though, right? I mean, no. <laughs> it's definitely memorable. You definitely would definitely. It. Yeah, you remember not to go back to that guy ever. I mean, yeah. you get a you get away with it if you're Peter Falk. I don't know if I run. Maybe, yeah. go, hey, yeah, I do, yeah, yeah. yeah it's not something that every man could pull off, like a mustache. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> as as I found out over the years, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Um, okay, so everybody who comes on the show is asked one big question, and uh, Ben, you're gonna you're gonna ask the question this time around, I think. So I'm gonna so, ask the question, of course, because last time there was a pause, and I started asking the question, but it wasn't actually a pause, and I just started asking the question on top of Dave asking the question, and then it looked like this awkward team thing that we weren't even trying out. So we uh, just harmonized; it was great. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kirsten, what is your favorite apocalypse? So I think I had a pretty immediate answer when when you asked me about first coming on the show, and it's definitely The Last of Us. And I have to specify that you asked me before the show came out. Mm-hmm. So I am talking about the games, but I did still enjoy the show. I'm not slagging off the show, but I think the games on their own stand out as my favorite to me. Okay. Yeah, cool. I, I totally agree. I think the games, because we've, we've done a fairly in-depth process here through the TV show, and got compared to the games. And I f- looking back on it now, I feel like the games were the best use of medium, where maybe mm. the TV show was just a little bit lacking in that regard. Um, mm. It was still very good, still very strong. But yeah. it was more strong as how the game told the story through the medium of... of, of I think of the, the, TV show, the TV show lost a lot of the horror. Yeah. Yes, yeah. The, I kept thinking of... Um, are you guys on Ireland Simpsons fans? I kept wanting to make a meme of Lunch Lady Doris when she's putting that rug <laughs> through the thing, being like, there's very little something in this something. Yeah, yeah. There's very little zombies in this zombie show. Mm. Like, I kept yeah. thinking that. It's just like, where are the zombies? Like, I can tell yeah. when they're coming. Before yeah. they show up on screen, I can tell where they're coming. And I need to be more surprised by them showing up. <laughs> where are they? I mean, they were effectively gone from halfway through the, the season. Yeah. Um, mm. There was no real zombie threat anymore, or clicker threat, really. Um, we weren't too worried about them, and then and it was it would refer back to things in the past, but not mm-hmm. not in the present that we we were with, you know. And that was the whole thing about the game. You didn't, you just didn't know what corner you turned around, what was there, you know. I like I play. It took me like I'm crap at video games, but I love them. And it took me about a year to play The Last of Us, and a lot of that was just me being really careful as I went through the <laughs> shop and around the aisle, and you know, it was terrifying. You know, but that was great. And then you didn't really get that in the show. You know, the first th- after the first three episodes, I really wanted to replay the game. So I was like, oh my mm. God, I really want to get back into this now. I remember how much I love it. And I booted it up. I, play- I went through the whole prologue. I went through everything. And then I got to like, not the first fight, but the second fight. And I remembered mm-hmm. how stressful it is. <laughs> Yeah, the second fight is that the one where you're in the building? You're you're after it's the one where you're going to find Robert. Okay. Um, in the, uh, when you're Tess and Joel, so I, I yeah, didn't right, even get yeah. to the Ellie part. I was just Tess and Joel, and you're looking for Robert. So it's not zombies; it's people, yeah. and you're like sneaking around this warehouse in the shipping yard. Yeah, and it was like a stealth thing, and it was like the yeah. suddenly you get spotted in this bottles and there's bricks. Yeah, I was going to say it's the bottle like, one. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. And just, I, I was so tense. <laughs> like, I remember now how stressful this is. And I don't think that I'm actually in the moods to be extremely stressed by this. To turn it back off again is too much for me kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it, it is like, a because full I... body reaction though, isn't it? Like you say, you, do, yeah. you just, you do find yourself, and sometimes I kind of ignore it, but you know, when you, when you have a second to think about it, you just feel your whole body is just clenched. Like as, yeah. as you're playing, you know, you're And I think that so. that's why it's such a good game to have in, or such a good story to have in game format, because you feel the tension mm-hmm. and you feel the fear. Like they genuinely are so scary. Um, yeah. yeah. I remember I, so I also love video games, but I'm terrible at them. So I play on easy mode no matter what, because I just like the story. <laughs> so I played The Last of Us 2 on easy, but I heard from the internet, from nerds yeah. on the internet, that if you play on the hardest level, yeah, when you open your inventory as Ellie, she opens her bag, right? If yeah. you're in the room with clickers, the clickers hear you open your inventory and they come and find you. What? So you can't, that you can't sucks. even... Isn't it like, I was yeah. like, that's crazy. Like you're scared to open your inventory. <laughs> yeah, and you need to do that when you find out, oh, I need this kind of weapon or I need this. No way. That's how do you yeah. get, how do you get past that? I think that the point of the hardest level is actually that you should never be running or fighting or killing them. You should just be sneaking. Like, I well, think it's it's pretty heavily on the throwing the bottle over there to distract them and then go on over there. Like, you shouldn't actually ever really need to open your inventory because you should never need to kill anybody. Man, I don't think yeah. I'll live long enough to play it on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that just, many just years watch- left. Yeah. Just watch people play it on YouTube. That's what I do. I'm yeah, like, oh, yeah. you're so good at this. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's what I had to do to brush back up on um Last of Us 2 for, for this podcast today. And uh, that game is a bit more enjoyable the second time around, actually. Um yeah. first yeah. time when I went with it, uh, it was emotionally crushing a number of times. Uh it was so good. And then the, the second time I just really enjoyed it. It was just I, I saw a number of things that were coming that I didn't see before. And uh, saw all the reasons for him and went, oh, yeah, that, that's actually a great call. That's actually brilliant. Oh, that's really clever. I wonder what to do there. And I'm kind of hyped for Last of Us 3 now. I kind of hope that's that's coming up. Are, they, before, are they doing a third one? There's definitely talk of it, yeah. Yeah, I think they uh, want it out before what Neil Druckmann has said was they don't want to Game of Thrones it where they catch up on the game before they're ready mm-hmm. for the TV show. So I think they want to get a third one out. Yeah. I want, mm. I'm really worried about the reception of season two. Like all of the terrible takes that we heard for the release of the game, I'm worried about terrible takes from TV fans. Oh, it's going to be so much worse. Yeah, because yeah. you know, if there's a fandom, it will, you know, and and it, you know, there's even a hint that it could be turned into something terrible. Mm-hmm. They'll, you know, they they they'll absolutely take advantage of that. And look, there's there's arseholes in every fandom, and and it's going to happen. But. You just have to ignore them, I suppose, and, and <laughs> yeah, that's it. Get, yeah. get on with yeah. it, you know. I mean, like, enjoy I'm it sur- regardless. I'm surrounded by comic books, but uh, you know, I'm a, I, I consider myself a fairly balanced individual. I, I, you know, <laughs> I just don't listen to any of that. You know, it's it's you know, oh, his boots are yellow, you know, or whatever the fuck's going on. Like it's 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 just mad, and there will be some awful takes on on mm-hmm. Last of Us it, too it's, it's if they of... do exactly what we think they're going to do. You know, yeah, it's kind of one of the reasons that um. I never, like when I left Brown Bag, um, a lot of people asked me, would I want to go into gaming? Because um, I like I am a big fan of gaming and you would naturally assume that I uh, maybe I would make the move there. But mm. I see the abuse that 
the people who work on those games get. And I'm like, yeah. I couldn't handle it. I'm too soft. I'm too sensitive. I couldn't do it. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how I know. they do it. You know? the, the Abbey um, actress who was the face model for it is still getting grief years after. I mean, that came out in the middle of the pandemic, didn't it? So was it two years afterwards? She's still getting grief. It's 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 horrendous. That's just terrible. Yeah. But I, I do follow... hope... Yeah? Oh, sorry. Oh, go for um, it. I follow one of the um, concept artists. I think that she was a lead concept artist. Um, cool. Let me just remind myself of her name here. It is Alex... As we're beginning with N... I should have Alex Neonakis. Neonakis. Um, I follow her on, on Twitter and I'm a huge fan of her work. She is incredibly talented and the abuse she got really? for designing costumes and stuff. And like, she just job. got absolutely yeah. targeted. I was like, Jesus Christ, like what other job could you expect this and just think that it's part of the normal, yeah, you yeah. know, and like, especially that she's a woman, she probably got even oh, yeah. more targeted. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, Jesus, yeah, you never, I, I wouldn't touch that industry with a barge pole. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah. I mean, you've got Gamergate and you, you know, and then closer to home with us, you've got Comicsgate and it's just, you know, you know what? It's really handy because it rounds up all the wankers into one group <laughs> yeah. that you can just block, you know? Oh, yeah, don't need to talk yeah. to them. Because like, it's like, what? No, what I'm, I'm very lucky people? that, I'm very lucky that, um, people don't tend to care so much about preschool animation. <laughs> I don't get abused don't, yet. Don't tell face, Kirsten, don't tell face. Touch wood here, but Can you imagine, imagine doing something very different than like on an episode of, I don't know, Bluey or something and the world is going nuts at you for, hey, uh, Bluey, um, she likes strawberry ice cream. She doesn't like mango ice cream. What are you doing? And the, the grief, yeah. it's just, that seems to be the kind of same response you get for some of these. Yeah. Some of these takes on characters in comics and in computer I games. Mean, it's just, I mean, it's just horrendous. It's unnecessary. I'm old enough to remember the uh, the whole Tinky Winky controversy with the Teletubbies, you know? And, the handbag uh, thing. The handbag thing. Like, certain right-wing commentators went mm. absolutely rasher over that, you know? And I was like, come on, man. You know, now, they didn't do the thing that happens these days where they, you know, dox a creator or, you know, go and go and find them or, you know, pillory them in, in, in public on, on social purely because the, the platforms weren't there then. But, you know, like it, they surely would have done if they were. They would have. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If they if they had a if they had a chance, you know, they, they absolutely would have. And um, yeah, that, that, that sucks. So anyway, look, we'll get away from that. But the um, yes, the back into the apocalypse. Yeah, what, back what, into what, happier things. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, what about is, is is it is it the mushroom zombie that you like the most about it? Or was it the world? What about that apocalypse is the one that strikes you the most uh, that you like it the most? So I think that's I think that it's very closely linked to why I like Twenty Eight Days Later. Like that seems to be the kind of blueprint now for zombie apocalypses where it's you know the message is who are the real monsters the zombies mm -hmm. or people and it's always people of course because it's like we're now not mindlessly zombies we're like making conscious immoral decisions and that's the real sin um so i loved that this world included that so much but it also questioned it where it's like well do you have to be that in order to survive because mm -hmm. especially the second one it pointed out like everyone has their own side to the story and everybody cares about themselves and it's survival and it's instinct. Um, like I, I listened to the, the last of us podcasts, the, the accompaniment to the show and Neil Druckmann, who was on the original game is talking on it. And he was saying that at the end of the first one, 
do you think that Joel was right or wrong? And that's a question that everybody asks. Like yeah. it's a kind of a party question. Like it's my my boyfriend asked me as soon as we finished the series, he was like, do you mm. think he was right or wrong? And like Neil Druckmann had a really good, am I saying, I'm, I'm getting his name right, aren't I? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Before, before I continue to embarrass myself. Um, he said, it depends who you're asking. Because if you ask the fireflies, it was the wrong decision. If you mm. ask Joel, it was the right decision. And that's the point is that everybody has their own survival instincts and those that they want to protect in order to survive. Yeah. I've seen a lot of videos floating around about like, would the fireflies actually have been able to do anything or would it just have been a waste of time? But I think that that's kind of besides the point because it mm -hmm. didn't happen anyway. Yeah. It doesn't matter whether, whether it would have worked or not because the whole thing is still around, well, what, what, what's happening here? Yeah. <laughs> like we're, we're getting too into the science of it, which yeah. doesn't yeah, yeah. really, you know, doesn't really matter. World, like, yeah. you know, <laughs> We we do find out in the second game because I was again just brushing up on it today that one of the first things you find out is that they could have um, Joel says to Tommy when he's explaining what he did in the hospital uh, he says oh yeah they they absolutely could have made a vaccination mm. uh, and it's like oh uh, and I was only seeing that today it's like oh that that changes things a little bit more for me <laughs> yeah, yeah but we, it's we, the, from his point of view as well you know we, we've talked about it me and Ben quite mm -hmm. a bit um, and. I think my final an analysis of it is, yeah, he shouldn't have done what he did, but they took all consent away from Ellie, you know, by, by tricking her into yeah. um, uh, giving up her life or almost giving up her life. So Joel reacted in, in a very understandable manner. You know, I mean, he... Okay, okay, turned into a murder machine at the end. But he, you know, he did stand up for her, maybe for from the wrong, for the wrong reasons, for his own selfish reasons. But he still managed to give her the opportunity, you know, further down the line to make that decision for herself. Because she did she went into that that process completely blind. She didn't know just what was at stake, just what was being asked of her. She probably would have agreed to it um, because she's that kind of person. She, you know, she's very giving and she, she wants everyone to, to, to make it, but they still never asked her the question and she never got to make mm -hmm. that decision. And I thought that was, you know, when, when, when consent isn't, isn't um, given or it isn't given freely, you know, and someone has a has an opportunity to do something about that. You know, you would react pretty, you know, pretty violently or pretty heavily. You know, whatever the situation. So, um, yeah, I think I think that's the saving grace for Joel. There, you know, is that's his kind of his kind of get out of jail clause. If the roles were reversed and Joel was the one who they had to kill to save everybody, would Ellie have let them? I don't think so either. I think I, again, mm -hmm. I think if if the if he had gone into it blindly like Ellie did, yeah, I don't think she would have allowed that to happen. But if he knew all the risks and was told you're not going to make it through this and he willingly gave up his life um, as E.T. did, uh, then, yeah, he'd be, you know, I think she'd be okay with that. She'd, she'd say goodbye to him that way, you know? But do you it think still they... bothered me that Marlene didn't just tell Joel and Ellie to have a conversation before they put her under the knife. And then all this probably could have been, you know, 
resolved in a, in a far less deadly way. It's, 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 it's the one thing from the game and in the TV show that I feel like they didn't really answer. There was, there was one thing in the game that I felt like they didn't answer, like, uh, oh, Joel is telling Ellie what happened. Ellie could just go back and see all the dead bodies and know that that's, that's, that's bullshit. What Joel just said is crap. Whereas in the TV show, he gave her a reason that there were raiders. There was a big fight. I barely got you out of life. Yeah. But then why not answer the other one? You know, I just kind of feel like that's that's one thing. Um, reasons aside, I think they both would have gone into the road of of death. They would have tried to take out her. I don't know if at this stage in her life, Ellie would have done the whole hospital in the same way Joel does. We find out early on episode two or three or something that this is what Joel is good at. He, he's he's made to kill. He's not good at anything else. Mm. Um, yeah. But Ellie is on her way there, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, she she's a she's a clever individual, and you see her approach problems from a totally different perspective, and she probably would have found a different way out. Yeah, you know, yeah, maybe, yeah, yeah. That didn't involve killing everybody. Probably, um, yeah, probably a better way yeah. in slow motion, soundlessly. Um, <laughs> which I know, I know that was a beautiful kind of thing to do with that that sequence, because you know how else could you make it make it look or or feel any different. Um, but yeah, it was it was really nicely directed. But yeah, so um, Last of Us season two is coming. So part two of the game, obviously, there's that huge change in in play, which really took me by surprise when I was playing it. Like I I was just kind of what what? Why am I seeing things from a different perspective now? And why is it making me think about the morality of one person versus another? And were we wrong all along? Um, and it had, like it really had that 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 effect on me. I don't know. Did how did it work with you? Yeah, I, I have a real soft spot for films, games, anything that makes me question how I initially felt. Um, you know that Black Mirror episode, uh, uh, Dance Monkey or something like that, and it's it's this guy with the webcam where he gets like, and then he's blackmailed. Oh yeah, yeah, it, yeah, 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 yeah. That one, and it's like this whole thing where you you're rooting for him and you feel bad for him. And then at the end it's revealed what he did yeah. and you're like, Oh shit. And like, yeah. I love when it flips like, like that on you and it makes you like question. Um, I think it's very affecting and it makes you think for about it for a really long time afterwards. And I think that the last of us two did that really for a really long time. Like obviously yeah. you're playing the whole first part as Joel and Ellie mm-hmm. And then you're like that Abby bitch. Like, I hate her. I hate her for what she did. <laughs> and then it flips and you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> and like, it's kind of getting back to that same message that we had in the first one, that everybody has their own story and their own reasons for doing things. Yeah. But ultimately, that revenge is pointless. Like, they yeah. both lose everything in pursuit of revenge. Yeah. For yeah. what? <laughs> Yeah, in a, in a world that's already dead, like it's 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 just so hollow. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, yeah, that it's, ending is just like there, there's nothing left for her there after everything she gone and done. Yeah. She goes back home to nothing. And yeah, it's, it's such a great point. Yeah, and can't even play her guitar. Not the way she used to. No. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's. Yeah, I forgot awful. about that until yeah. just now. <laughs> oh, man, yeah, yeah, that yeah. killed me. That was like, yeah, same. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, yeah. Shocking, um, yeah, but it's uh, it is it is a leap in terms of I think the the world as well. You get to see more. You get like it's it's obviously better rendered. I think um, in in part two, uh, I always felt like there was a much 
deeper commitment to the environment of of the game in in parts or maybe that was just that the tech had kind of kind of moved on a bit um from a from a like a concept perspective you'd think going into a game that already has this kind of pre-established kind of world built there's not much to do but there's it did seem to move on a bit yeah um yeah the the what, the what i did like that they kept from it though is that there is a clear path for you to follow mm-hmm. it's not like you can just wander off and yeah. just do whatever you want like i do like that they kept that because it's like there's no time for wandering yeah, <laughs> we, yeah. We just, we've got a mission to do there is no side missions there is no any of those like big open world games which is what i usually tend to like i usually tend to really like open world games oh yeah mm-hmm. but but this one like i love it for keeping me on the straight and narrow it's like no we've got there's a lot of plot to get through and there's no time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I can't really do open world games because I just never stop playing them then, I'm, you know, because I'm so bad at them. Like, I, I'm still playing Spider-Man. You know, I'm still out getting <laughs> backpacks and fucking... So you, you never whatever. played uh, Red Dead? No, I did. I played I played the two I played the two of them and uh, I kind of gave up on two after I just kept getting lost uh, you know, and <laughs> I couldn't catch a fish. Yeah, you know, I'm a terrible man. Like I can't do any of those manly things. And uh, my two kids are just like, Dad, we finished it. Like it's done. You know, and I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. So you're what twelve? And you know, yeah, great. Um, I don't so know did, like in less time, like plug in 120 hours, and they did it in like 60 or something. Like, how how do they? Oh do man, that? they get a game on a Friday and they're done by Monday. You know, <laughs> you know. And I'm looking at it going, that's a year of my life there. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's, it's insane man it's, it's it's insane obviously i'm just terrible and uh and obviously and, and maybe a terrible parent for letting them play all weekend but <laughs> they they wouldn't they, they they would say otherwise i'm sure um but yeah uh it you know if there's a third coming and i think there is a third coming right ben there is I'm pretty sure i'm pretty yeah. sure he said it once yeah, yeah they, they want it, like he literally said i don't want the games of thrones this which is thrown shade at games of thrones in a big way but like maybe so, just but there's certainly a third one coming, and I believe it's going to be Abbey heavy. But that's that's about that's all. That's what I was going to say. Where are they going to take it? You know, um, yeah. What's next? Where would you take it, Kirsten? I would think that maybe like well, maybe Ellie's story is over. Um, yeah. Maybe she just feels like this is me now. I'm going to go either try and find Dina or yeah. But maybe that's it. Then I, I'm not really sure. But I would miss if they didn't have a satisfactory ending for Ellie because she's she's been through so much <laughs> yeah I'd love her to have a happy ending I totally agree yeah or just an ending like as long as it's not sad because that was so sad and mm. <laughs> um, yeah I mean I think that there is more story for Abby because she's got is it Lev yeah. with her now so that's almost like a, a Joel and Ellie again yeah you know a, a bonding parent-child type of story mm-hmm um, and there's more relationship to explore there. Uh, like, I guess, may- well, maybe if you're Ellie and you have to like protect a toddler, that'd be pretty difficult. That would be interesting, actually, just role reversal. Um, but you, you kind of have that with Abby, where like she was so malnourished and starved, almost dead in the last one. You you kind of have that um, route paved out almost where she can get back to where she was in the next mm-hmm. game, you know, like so it makes it easy. Whereas usually when you play these games the second time around, you're wondering why you're doing all the same. Uh, character tree developments you can open up that you've done in the previous game why aren't they in this game whereas in Abby I think you have a genuine reason now to go and open that up because she's yeah, yeah. she's half the person she was you know 
Yeah, I like the idea of dragging a kid around, like doing, just doing a, a lone wolf and cub kind of kind of vibe on it, yeah. you know. Although um, I do kind of almost wish that you could just continue with the tree because I loved that. Do you ever play in the Mass Effect series when you go from like uh, it's either one to two or two to three, and you can load your same shepherd and just yeah. continue upskilling, and eventually you get so powerful you can just punch people one punch and they're dead. <laughs> it's just so funny when you're just walking around punching people <laughs> that's that's what that was new game plus on the witcher for me it was it was great fun still having all that stuff yeah. and getting to develop the game again yeah but it would be fun with abby to just one punch person <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that would make for an interesting experience all right yeah <laughs> yeah just leave joel alone this time abby. yeah <laughs> yeah less talk and more punching you know yeah <laughs> Fantastic. Sorry, spoilers, by the way. Yeah, I guess if you put a spoiler warning at the start of this, we will. Yeah, yeah. Like I, I, I was going to say, like show. we're, we're yeah. just, you know, <laughs> yeah, we'll put a massive spoiler warning in the in the in the description anyway before before we put it out. So, look, um, before we we go, is there anything you want to get out there? Anything you want to, um, or like, where can people find your stuff? Where can people find you? So I am on Twitter, not posting much, but occasionally tweeting angrily at board gosh, um, at Kristen Field Art. <laughs> That's the best um, use for Twitter, really. <laughs> I find lately that I'm quite active on LinkedIn. If do, oh. or is that cool to say? But like, oh. that's where the jobs are. <laughs> um, no, Instagram that's where, is every, the... where everyone starts their post with delighted and honored. <laughs> And, yeah, but I'm just I'm surprised how how many jobs are on there. Like for oh hours, yeah, because that's I where all the jobs like went. Yeah. Really... yeah, no, it's it's crazy. So I'm I'm pretty okay on there. But my most active one and my most kind of I guess art focused one that's not mixed with personal stuff is my Instagram, which is just Kirsten Shield Art on on awesome. Instagram. Um, I have a TikTok, but that's just for saving recipe videos. Okay, cool. <laughs> I'm not posting any. I'm posting the Godfather painting, but that's about it. Oh, nice. <laughs> Nice. I have a TikTok, but it's just for liking what Ben puts out on TikTok. So, you know, so yeah, far. Yeah, exactly. So far this I haven't is, posted this is all we're using it for. I have one yeah. that I forget that I have, and then I get reminded once about a video, and then Dave likes it. Yeah. Hey. That's how it works. <laughs> my sister... My sister is quite famous on TikTok. Oh, really? And, um, we have the we have the same face. So okay. like, keep going. I see this girl on, on TikTok that looks just like you, and I'm like, look at her second name. Yeah. <laughs> so what what's it what's it like to be famous on TikTok? I I I dread to ask. But... Famous by association. Well, she gets sent gifts, and sometimes she doesn't want oh, them. Nice. She gives them to me. Oh, nice. <laughs> Even better. Yeah, yeah it's pretty. Free stuff. It's pretty sweet. I got I got some good makeup around Christmas, which I was happy awesome. with. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's gotta be a really nice like gift for her because. Didn't have to buy it at all. You know, I'm rooting for her success uh, when it benefits me. <laughs> Go on, sis. That's awesome. Well, listen, Kirsten, thanks so much for joining us on the Odds Pod. It's been great. And yeah, that was uh, great fun. Best of luck with everything and your continued success. And I'm sure we'll all love Eva the Owlet, um, which is out March 31st. Yeah. And you're going to do great. It's a freelancer. I mean, you're made for everything is there. There's nothing to worry about. Yeah. Thanks very much, guys. This is a great pep talk. Like, this is why I come on podcasts. Go, Kirsten. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it there. Thank Thanks very much. Me. Thanks for joining us on The Odds Pod. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Look out for The Odds coming soon from Scout Comics. And please tell us what your favorite apocalypse is. You can find me on Twitter at Benessy. That's B-E-N-N-E-S-S-Y. And me on at Dave Hendrick. Big thanks to our producer, Adrian Carty, and we'll see you at the end of the world.